everybody. Welcome to About Face, a new Doof Media podcast series where we stare deep into the eyes of Face, a horror serial by Wildo. My name is Matt Freeman, and it's time for us to take Face off. And my name's Scott Daly, and, uh, well, you did it, Matt. You already blew the one face-off reference we were going to get. Are you happy now? I feel like I've lost face. I can't, can't take you with a straight face. I don't know if I can face this down. Time to face the music. I can keep going until I'm blue in the face. You can't read my p- 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 poker face. <sighs> well, in any case, it's FaceTime. It is FaceTime. This is, as you said, the new weekly podcast where Matt and I eagerly dive into Wildbo's world of non-consensual surgical procedures, orphan roommates, and dapper protagonists. This week, we are starting with the first two chapters of Arc 1, Sample, chapters Sample 1 and Sample 2. Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, sure what to make of this arc title yet. Sample. Very evocative. Perhaps our protagonist is some kind of sample, as in an experimental subject being analyzed. You're probably on to something there, Matt. Uh, what did you think of these two chapters? Uh, well, uh, first of all, you know, we're, we're just starting into this, uh, this show. So basic idea. This is, this is a horror serial. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got our we've got our protagonist Wesley. He's an actor. He's very conscious of appearances. He repairs mechanical antiques. There's a lot going on with this guy. Yeah, he's he is very mysterious, right? We've got this guy. Um, we learn throughout these two chapters that he had a past um, where he was like a child actor or something, and then uh, felt that his parents were uh, maybe not abusing him, but being so unfair to him or so terrible to him that he had to run away from home, uh, get a new identity, become a new person. And, uh, it's only through his brother and sister, I guess, um, that he's now back in contact with a family that he hasn't dealt with in a long time. Yeah. And, and speaking of that family, we've got these orphan kids, Leo and Marlene, who are now coming to live with him. And, you know, that that's, you know, instantly a way of injecting drama into the situation because it's this guy who's not really, the kind of guy who's set up to take care of kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the thing that I like about this so much is that we have Leo and Marlene and they are like, like diametrically opposed kids, right? We have Leo's the younger one. He's kind of in, in a shell shock to what is implied. I don't think ever directly stated, but what is implied is the death of, of their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, Marlene, on the other hand, is a little bit older. She's like 12, I think, loud, outspoken. Um, She goes on a a destruction rampage in their house, completely destroying everything that Wesley um, like works on. Like, as you said, he repairs antiques and his house is like lined with all these different antiques and she just kills it all. And I think this is great because it actually does a good job of defining our protagonist here because there's this little girl like kicking and and knocking over and destroying everything of value in his house and he's just kind of calmly standing there. Um he's angry, but he's a guy who is so good at acting, so good at putting on a face, a calm face that he doesn't react in any kind of way. Yeah, I agree that that uh there's a lot of small things that tell us a lot about about Wesley how uh, like you said, this is kind of his livelihood. It's not like he doesn't care, but he's just so in control that um, he just he just lets it happen because he knows that it's it's kind of better for her in a sense to get it out of her system. Yeah, um, yeah. Like just little things that make you like, man, I really want to find out more about this protagonist. Sure. Yeah. He's he's it does a very good job of setting up the the mysterious protagonist. Like we mm-hmm. don't we know a lot about him. We're in his point of view, but we don't. There's a lot that he's not telling us. Yeah. 
So then into this already rather complicated scenario, we have these mysterious watchers. Ascent, Sunny, Heart, and then later Box is introduced. Yeah, um, and and they're yeah. introduced to us in this weird way, Matt, right? Because like we cut away from the, the we have like the, the start of this chapter is like very typical like ha- like family drama stuff right mm-hmm. there's uh, a brother who's dealing with uh, a tough past and he's, he has these kids like this is the start of basically any like daytime television or 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 uh you know, regular TV show. It's like, Oh, there's this crazy bachelor and these new kids wind up on a stoop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly we cut to this conversation that's going on by these people named ascent, sunny and heart. And as you said, box that are clearly watching everything he does and commenting on it. Yeah. It's, it's creepy. It's kind of the first indication that this is going in, in the, in a horror direction that things are going to go off the rails. Um, you know, one really interesting element that that I just can't wait to find out more about as this progresses is is that the lenses. So like, it's not just horror, right? It's like it's science fiction, but it's like near future science fiction because they have these ba- what I, I suppose are, are contact lenses that overlay reality with images. So like, his whole yeah. apartment is decorated according to his own tastes um, by his by his lenses. Yeah, it, it's this really interesting element that's very casually introduced into the story because at the at the outset, things are just kind of normal. And then the first indication that we get of like what time or what or what technological setting we're in is when he walks up to his front door and uh, it says like the, the lock appears and he like looks at a code with his eyes to unlock the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the first moment we get of like, wait, wait, well, hold, there's something different here. Um, and yeah, as we go through these two chapters, it expands out that we're in some kind of future technological society that um, things have advanced, but at a very like realistic level where it's just kind of, this is maybe uh, what things will look like for us in, in 50 years or so, because they mention the idea that back when he was younger, all they had were smartphones. Right. So this is, yeah. ma- I mean, maybe only 20 years in the future. That's kind of what I was thinking, actually. Like I was imagining ten, ten to twenty, honestly, which, which is a fun time frame where you keep you kind of keep one foot in our reality. Everyone still lives yeah. in apartments, and there's no, you know, space stuff. Yeah, um, there's no like super AI stuff. At, at least I don't see any indication of that yet. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and it's interesting because we, we, you know, these mysterious watchers are presumably able to keep such good surveillance on him because you know it's, it's the future so the technology is allowed to be a little bit waffly they're allowed to do surveillance things that you can't quite do in our world uh, because yeah. they have future technology um so, so one, one thing that i'm interested to see where it goes is this neighbor roxanne who, yeah. who comes over and like there's clearly a pre-existing relationship there and um, and at, at a certain point, the interlopers are basically like, yeah, we're going to have to take, take, take like, like get rid of her. And you're like, oh, no, I already like her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because she comes over. Um, you're right that they clearly have a relationship. First, the, the relationship starts with her yelling at him about where he's leaving his packages. And then it goes into obviously they've they've have a sexual relationship. And then she sees one of the kids. The book doesn't even tell us which one, but she sees one of the kids poke their head around the corner as they're talking. And she like immediately is furious with him like hands around the neck not really choking but obviously like 
you you have you can't let them it there's there's a, a hint of another job quote unquote that we don't really know about like he mm-hmm. has his his uh, repairing antiques but he's doing something else that's not exactly legal um that we don't know about and and having these kids around really complicates that and she's very very angry with him but yeah then our our, our three observers react to her involvement completely negatively um as if as if she's going to encourage him to do stuff that they don't want, which is surprising because she's the one being like, you got to get rid of these kids, which mm-hmm. means that maybe they want him to have the kids around. Yeah, or or, or they they want uh, my suspicion is that what they want from him is something to do with his like illegal things that he's not supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, yeah. And 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 she she's an obstacle, basically. And, you know, it's interesting to me that the the, the mysterious shadowy figures like the at this point in the story they could be they could be fundamentally like looking out for him like maybe mm-hmm. this is something that happened to him and they're looking out for him or they could just be you know evil but uh yeah i, I guess i guess it's time to get into the you know the escalation um where <laughs> right. basically basically this chapter ends uh pretty much with six men coming into his room at night grabbing him and then he wakes up in a cell uh it basically situated in a circle of cells with um a a animal mask basically drilled into his face yeah drilled into his face yeah because they offered they offered to him to to put it on by choice right they mm-hmm. appeared on in his tv and in all his electronics basically they appeared with their symbols and said do this for us please and he uh, this guy's really interesting right because how he reacts to this is fascinating he does mm-hmm. not react to his tv talking to him in a way that i would where it's like uh, holy shit um i'm gonna go away now he's like already trying to to game them and outsmart them and outmaneuver them psychologically and yeah. that uh that continues you know into the next chapter yeah no i thought that was great because you know he kind of comes off as a pushover when uh, marlene is is yelling at him yeah but then the way he responds to these people is is just he completely outmaneuvers them and ends with the power move throwing the mask off the balcony which is just awesome yeah um and and uh so as you said we we get into the next chapter uh chapter two um and most of this chapter is basically the people who've been taken into the cells of which there are um more than a few along along with wesley and they've all had masks drilled into their faces um like uh, d- different animals and basically they're allowed to like question this system and they are trying to outwit the system that has taken them here and, and, and learn information about it. Yeah, there's basically they're telling us there's a game happening, right? And there's 12 of them, I believe. Is it 12 or 13? I can't quite remember. I don't remember either. There's 12 of them, but there's there's 15 rounds. So the mm-hmm. immediate thing is like, how how are there more rounds than contestants? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah, we basically get told that like during the day, they're going to be without their masks and be safe to rest and recuperate. But that nighttime, the beasts come out mm-hmm. and that's when some mysterious thing is going to happen that we don't know. Um, and yeah, and then we go through their questions and it's it's really interesting here because, again, I, I, Wild Bill characters are always very intelligent people and they like immediately like clue into um how to game systems in, in yeah. certain ways especially the protagonist here um some of these guys are not quite as good at it and waste their questions but i love seeing through wesley's head where he's like immediately like oh they're answering only vaguely like we have to be very specific mm-hmm. and we also see that some of the other animals saying that out loud too indicates how smart they are so we're kind of yeah. all, like defining our characters via this question and answer session really well i really like that 
Yeah, I agree completely. This is a very like wild bow mastery of character thing where you just know that you're going to learn about each of these characters and and they're they all seem to have their own angle, their own thing going on, different reasons why they're here. Some of them even seem to have like a different level of awareness about like what could be going on yeah. already. And um and and you know, so so he's able to signal actually to to rabbit, give a subtle signal that uh basically they're both able to interpret to mean that they should meet up the next day. Yeah. And and uh, it, it basically it works out and you know so so now you have these two characters meeting up at this coffee shop and um you know extending this this weird thing that's going on into their real lives and the the chapter wraps up with you know the promise of future conflict uh, between these characters. Yeah, I like this a lot because you know the the, the most of the chapter is spent kind of establishing rabbit as this uh sane one of the group like rabbit is the one that suggests a meeting and is like suggesting working together and some of the other ones immediately shout them down they're like no that's stupid like that's dangerous why would we ever do that and then yeah wesley being our smart protagonist like signals her with uh with his his uh his pocket watch mm -hmm. shines on her um so we think oh great our character's got an ally everything's gonna be okay and then she immediately has a gun on him and we're like what yeah <laughs> what Right. Yeah. What's going to happen next? Yeah. There's so many mysteries here, right? We don't know what the purpose of the game. We don't know really anything about the, uh, anything about the, the, um, guides. I, yeah. I forget what it calls them. Yeah. The Ascent, Sunny and Heart. We know like there's this, some mysterious corporation. They claim they're doing this for research, but they need money. Um, we don't know the secret of our protagonist. We don't know what's going on with, with, mm -hmm. uh, his, uh, his neighbor. We don't know, you know, how these two kids are going to play into this. Like it's, it's, it's interesting because we have these two very, very different problems. We have the, the mundane domestic situation that he's dealing with, with, with the two kids that are new in his life. And at the same time, this, this sci-fi horror game thing that he's having to deal with. And, and, and it's going to be really interesting seeing how these two conflicts intermingle and mesh with each other in interesting ways yeah yeah it's my favorite uh my, my favorite superhero plot is the one where the hero has the crazy stuff that's going on which is which is the the weird room and then <laughs> they have the the normal life they're trying to keep separate and and safe and so i'm already worried about roxanne and i'm worried about the the orphan kids um and i'm 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 worried you know is our how's our protagonist gonna juggle all these things and uh yeah. it, it's it's great yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm just really excited to be starting this journey because it would just drive me absolutely crazy if this was all we got. You know, Wildbo mm -hmm. definitely crafts this riveting setting, a protagonist who seems just a bit off in a way that makes you want to understand what his deal is. We've got hints of a bigger mystery, delightful note of horror that I'm sure will take us to terrifying places. And it would just be I mean, I think I would just completely lose it if the cliffhanger at the end of chapter two was never resolved. Yeah, I, I, I really feel you there, man. Like, just imagine if it just ended, if we just never found out what happened. 